Welcome to the Made for Mondays podcast, where each week we dig a little deeper into Sunday messages from Believer's Church and learn how to apply them to our day-to-day lives. Now, here are your hosts, Executive Director Heather Carl, Creative Pastor Sam Hager, and Senior Pastor Jamie Stewart. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the pod. I'm Heather, and who are you fellas? Doug, I think you should go first because you're in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jamie? How's it going? <laughs> my name's Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey. It's me, Jamie. Uh, yeah, you guys were switched last time. Yeah. yeah. This is the seat I always sit in, though, whenever I'm a guest on the podcast. Yeah, well, not always, because last week you were there. Uh, aside from that one. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so. a, lot, a lot of times when you're on, I it's because it, you taught and I wasn't teaching. Right. Oh, okay, so this is the teaching so seat. Where Jamie is <laughs> right yeah, now is where I usually sit. Right. She's sitting where, where I'm Samuel sitting sits. is where Sam sits, and then that's whoever taught. Okay. Is usually there. Typically. Oh, yeah. Typically. But it doesn't have to be that way. No. Yeah, I didn't know if that was like where all you could see the Although, notes on the back wall really well. I feel like you're, you really want your own, your seat no, back. No, 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 no. It's fine. We can move around. Totally, yeah, we can totally move around, except <laughs> for her seat, because no, not right now. I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have moved around. Yeah. 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 We don't need to do it like mid- this is every five minutes, everybody mid-ep- swaps seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's not do that. No, let's not. You guys. We had snow this weekend. We did a lot of snow. Doug, did you get like feet of snow where you live? I, I your neighborhood's typically way worse than everyone else's. Yeah, yeah. It was nice and overcast in our in our neighborhood, so like trees but were blocking all of the sun. So it stayed out pretty long. It was great. Yeah, nice. So even uh, yesterday, the kids were playing in it like for a good part of the day. Yeah, oh, that's so good. I didn't turn to slush or that gross kind of like yeah. right. snow snow. Yeah, uh-huh. so it was really fun. I hate that. I was out driving around yesterday and like with the salt treated roads uh, and yeah. then the melted snow everywhere like what comes up on your windshield i was yeah. having major flashbacks to minnesota living days yeah thinking i'm so that, glad i'm not yeah, there <laughs> doing this true. all of the time yep. <laughs> it's it's got to be such a difficult way of just like living where you just expect snow for yeah like, I a, mean, a good part of the year right like how long did the snow typically stay on the ground in minnesota oh uh it's actually been strange, like the where we're from um, has had like less snow re- in recent years. They haven't gotten as much. Global warming. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I must said something. Like there that. could be. I mean, snow could start in September, and you could still, yeah, not necessarily like consistently all the way through, but it uh, is also not unusual to have. A snowfall in late April or early yeah. May. Oh my gosh! Yeah. In May? Oh yeah. boy! Yeah, yeah. I that's, mean, that's too late for my part of New York. But my my brother tells the story one time of my nephew Jonah, who um, they would we would often get snow around Thanksgiving, <laughs> and it would stay on the ground until you know close to Easter. Yeah, and um, Jonah came running in the house like in May. Kind of like the bird that left the ark and mm-hmm. then came back with a leaf. <laughs> so Jonah comes in the house with like a leaf and he's super excited because it's like the first green thing he's yeah. seen oh, in nice. six months. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Bringing yeah, I, hope to the whole family. Yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yeah. I think I've talked about it on here before. Like I remember as a kid having times where you had to like get your 
Halloween costumes bigger mm-hmm. than yeah, your person because you had to wear underneath. your snowsuit underneath. Yeah. Or like same thing from for Easter. Like you could have this really cute little dress and hat and all the things for Easter. With long johns underneath but, it. <laughs> yeah, but you had to like you to wear your big winter parka over it because uh, it's still cold. Yeah. yeah. So we're, you're wearing this nice so springy outfit with winter yeah. overwear. Here, I think it's more so like the worry that Christmas might feel like summer. That is true. Yeah. Like Christmas Day, my um, kids might have yeah. to wear shorts and right. not all their fancy clothes yeah, that we bought right. for them for Christmas. Yep, that's exactly we do get it. snow frequently in March, though. Around here. here yes, yes, we do. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of when it catches up to us. It seems like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I heard there's there's possibility for it I again know. this weekend. I heard That's that I heard. too. I Brian, or some people online on the Facebook uh, yeah. local meteorologist fan group was saying that uh-huh. it might happen this weekend. Yeah, Brian Obel. Yeah. Yeah, one of our elders. Yeah. He's He keeps all of us posted on what's happening. He does. Yeah. Yep. Well, did you guys do anything else this weekend with being snowed in? Anything fun happen? So I wouldn't say it was fun, but like okay. as, soon, <laughs> as soon as it snows, like there's something hardwired into me to grab a shovel and yeah. just go to town. Right. So I cleared our driveway out. Like I know Bonnie was so by, proud of you. By eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was I was still waiting. Snowing. I wanted to come in and have my dad give me five dollars. That's but kind of what didn't. it felt like. No, but that's <laughs> kind of a kid thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, we started Thursday, so we, the snow started Thursday evening, uh-huh. and uh, we took my uncle out for his 96th birthday yes, celebration. Uncle so, Eddie. Yeah, so that was our big weekend thing, and then- Where did you go? He wanted to go to Texas Roadhouse. Okay. And- Was he, it kids' night? It was not kids' night. Praise Jesus. Yeah, in what fact- What night is kids' night at Texas uh, Roadhouse? Too many nights. Like every other night. Yeah. I don't even know. And, and it was uh, it was not busy. I thought, it, you know, it's always busy. Yeah. But I guess threatening weather or whatever, it was really not right. busy at all. And uh, he mentioned several times the cook on the steak was perfect. Oh, that's nice. great. He so, had yeah. a good dinner. He had a good dinner. It was yes. nice. um, Doug, we, that Texas Roadhouse story goes back to a missions conference that Jamie, Nate, and I were at in, in Lynchburg. Lynchburg. Yep. And we went to get dinner and went into Texas Roadhouse up on the hill. Mm-hmm. And and there was a big cowboy walking around inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I went up to give our name and, you know, to get on the list. And she was like, oh, how many? I said three. She said, okay, great. Um, Do you have any kids? It's kids night. And I was like, are you serious? And she said, yeah. Kids eat free tonight. And I was like, okay, we're not staying. Thank you. And we left. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was probably like, like yeah. the best night ever. <laughs> J- Jamie got the giggles pretty hard that I was just yeah. like, hard stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you guys later. Yeah, we're here. It doesn't matter. No, we'll I go don't somewhere care else. what's yeah. happening. We're, we are leaving. Mm-hmm. We're leaving quickly. All right, Doug, did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, we just played in the snow a lot. The kids I wanted to go sledding, so we found like a, a sort of a good sized hill. That was um, where was it the ditch on the side of the road? It was so one, of them, one of them was a ditch. Yes. <laughs> um, we kind of did that for a while and then found another hill a little bit further down. But they were just having fun just in this like really, really small kind of snow playing kind of way. Yeah. Um, just having a great time. Just yeah. then, too. Uh, they were trying to hang out with some of their friends in the neighborhood, but they kept going inside and didn't yeah. want to stay out too long. So 
They just wanted to stay outside the whole day. Do so. they? Do your kids have sleds? No. So we have uh, like like body boards yeah. and skin yeah. boards and stuff like that. So makeshift sleds. Right. There were several of those being pulled behind yes. trucks in our neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. So a couple years ago, really our last like snow, like significant snow here, the Cook kids, my nieces and nephews, came over to our house because we have like a little bit of a sloping backyard. Yeah, there's a little so slope there. Yeah, they came over but didn't have sleds or anything. So we got that. We just got out like cookie sheets and yeah. stuff because they were still pretty little yep. at the time, and just had a blast. So that Christmas we got them sleds. Yeah, and we haven't had significant snow since. You're welcome, everybody. Um. So anyway, yeah, I was. It's just fun to see the creativity and ingenuity of kids without sleds so did they break out the sleds yesterday i think so they went over to um britney's mom and dad's house uh, okay, they have nice. a better hill uh-huh yeah well, yeah. You go, <laughs> yeah you go to you go to the best hill yeah, it's the not best personal hill. It's right not personal. no no yeah. Yeah. you have to find the best hill. you do that's for sure did your kids make snowmen because i was i was getting mixed reviews on the snow mm-hmm. that if it was snowmanable or not they did make snow people but they were very small Okay. Yeah, it, it was good for snowball fights. It wasn't so good for rolling into large snow parts and all that. Yeah, yes. I saw okay. a lot of snowmen in our neighborhood, but they were mostly smaller. I yeah. guess. Yeah. And when I shoveled, it was good packing snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. good snowball snow yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fights. Ransom named his. Oh, what was his name? It was like Jimmy or something like that, and he kept talking about him all day. And then <laughs> at the end of the day, Annabelle knocked him over, and we oh, had like no. almost like a funeral for yeah. Jimmy. It was yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah. Right. And then uh, Ransom sent him off on this like Viking funeral. He put yeah. his, um, he put Jimmy into the the ditch that was full of water, frozen water at this point. Yeah. He said, "All right, Jimmy, go find some new snow." And he just like it was just <laughs> ice. It just stayed right there. <laughs> so it was like it, he's very uh, imaginative. Yeah. In his mind, it was his big, huge, amazing. Um, yeah. Just send, send off. off right yeah. down the river into like some <laughs> unknown <laughs> That's land. That's great. That is but, great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, because we had. Snow Snowmageddon here. We did. Um, we also decided best to not come to campus. Yeah, we did. I saw there was a memory on my Facebook from like six years ago or maybe even longer. <laughs> and I said something like, if you, my post was, if you feel safe enough to drive, I'll see you at church. Otherwise, you can catch us online. Right. And when I canceled services, Sam said, Jamie, you're getting really soft. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at that memory the next you're day. Like, oh, and I, I like, am. I, I am so soft. Right I definitely now. am getting softer. But we, but we had pre-recorded just in right. case. I was going to say, I think it was for sure a good call because it was very frozen and icy yeah. Sunday morning. And a lot of our impact team members leave very early to yeah. get here. They're yeah. here between 7 and 7.30. So this is true. It's not just about me getting up there and teaching. <laughs> no. There's a lot of other There's things going other on. Yeah. Sometimes I forget. Reading. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just think that it, well i can get there i mean so for let's crying out loud all i gotta do is stand up on a stage and talk <laughs> right. how hard is that yeah. get there people yeah yeah but no. there's more going but it, on right yeah. so it was a good call and because we knew that this was potentially going to happen this weekend we did have the foresight to do an online experience oh we are such good planners uh sometimes sometimes that's true story yeah, sometimes yeah. so yeah if you haven't had a chance to watch it you should. I would encourage you to do so. It's a really great service, it and was. the message is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was so we're really going to talk about it. And today. I think it was like thirty-seven minutes total. So yeah, shorter than a regular service because right. no worship. 
and Believers Kids also posted to our YouTube channel. They have um, their Believers Kids service, too. So make sure to watch that as a family. Indeed. In fact, watch it today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, a lot of doing virtual learning still. or something. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of teachers are home today online and students yeah. as well. Yeah. We were walking the dog yesterday and like the streets are dry and Bonnie's like, ah, darn it. You know, we're going to have school tomorrow. Nope. And then and then we'd hit a shady spot and there'd be some ice and she'd be like, well, I don't know. You know, buses have to go way out. Maybe. Yeah. And sure enough, that night we got back and got the call. Right. So. Yeah. So Bonnie's very happy to be She's home very happy today. to be home today. She's making dinner to, for tonight. We have someone coming over tonight. Oh, nice. And, yeah. All right. Sorry to get <laughs> detailed on that. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> so before we dive into yesterday's topic, I want to remind everyone that we will be doing a question and response style message for the final week of this series, which is on February 13th. And for that to be the most impactful, we need to hear your questions. You can ask anything about the Bible by submitting submitting your questions to questions at believerschurch.org. And we've gotten a number of questions we over have. the weekend. Yeah. So thank you for that. And um, we're not ignoring you. We're just planning to talk about them on the 13th. Yep. So, all right. On to yesterday. Jamie, I loved your cookbook analogy, which yeah. you opened this the service up with. Can you just retell that? Yeah. A little so, bit? so the point of the illustration was to say how you approach something matters. Mm-hmm. How you approach it determines what you get out of it. So, I used the illustration of a cookbook. If you look at a cookbook and you think, "Oh, this is how I make a grocery list," right? And you use it to put together your grocery list. Um, you will get some of the groceries that you need, but you won't have everything you need. You won't have toilet paper. You won't have deodorant. You won't have all like the, cereal, all the things. Milk, yeah, like yeah, all the basics. None of yeah. that's going to be there because the cookbook was not intended to be a grocery list book. It was intended to teach you how to prepare a certain meal. So, um, same thing happens with the Bible. If you go to the Bible uh, with the wrong approach, you're going to get wrong things out of it, or you're going to miss some things that mm-hmm. it was intended to give you to. Yeah, that's really good. Doug, do you have anything to add to that? Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to be like coughing over here, <laughs> like congestion. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I really do love that because I think a lot of times we go to the Bible very purposely to find an answer to this one question we have. Yeah. When maybe God's trying to teach us how to discern and find wisdom to like think through certain things. Right. So instead of treating like this topical, um, I need help on this one issue. Um, what if we read it a little bit differently to, to kind of get the widespread or the, the wealth of God's wisdom mm-hmm. across the whole thing and, and teach us how to think like God and yeah. how to discern things better in that sense? Yeah, so I used to have um, little booklets that looked like Bibles, like they would have like fake leather okay. cover with gold embossed writing on it. Wow. And it would <laughs> be like fancy. it'd be like the <laughs> the promises of God kind of thing. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. When you're lonely, look Read up these. this uh-huh. verse. Yeah. When you're tired, look up this uh-huh. verse. When you're discouraged, look so up this like verse. So it's like a card catalog. A lot like that. And that's just such a wrong approach mm-hmm. to the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's a good example of yeah. of using it just kind of incorrectly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. So you guys, how has your understanding of why the Bible was written changed since you first became a Christian? And what's been kind of the most influential factor in bringing about that change? Such a good question. Yeah. Thanks. Um, 
Yeah, I I don't know. Like I just always thought of the Bible as God's instruction book. And so like, you know, the guidebook to life, the user's guide mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um And I mean, the Bible can offer guidance, but it's not the same as like a shop manual or an owner's manual. And that's kind of how I always thought of it. And that's what I was always told, you know, like this is God's instruction book for life. Yeah. Everything you need to know is right here in this book. I I can't even tell you how many times I heard someone say Mm -hmm. that. But that's really not true. Yeah. Uh, Not everything I need to know about life is in that book. Um, but that's how I was always told to think about it. And that's how I pretty much always thought about it. And I don't know, like, I think some of the changes have been subtle, but I would say definitely within the last 10 years, I've definitely Mm. had more changes in how I'm approaching the Bible than at any point in my walk Mm -hmm. with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we can talk about influence in a minute, but <laughs> Doug, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I, <coughs> we can fix this in post. So it's going to be a big one. <coughs> this, there's something about this room. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It's just early for me. So something I've really uh, kind of like, I guess, discovered over the last few years is that the Bible is is very purposeful in everything that it does. So something that it says in Genesis 1 is leading to something that happens when Jesus like teaches or um, illustrations that he uses and, and everything within that. So like everything throughout the Bible is purposefully leading to Jesus himself. And you start picking up on these little things as you read, even the old Testament that is there for a reason. And Jesus says certain things for a reason and he fulfills prophecy in a certain way for a reason. And it's really amazing when I, when I now I read what Jesus did and some of the things that he said and you start kind of seeing those connecting points to like way back when, when like this thing happened in the garden even. And it just is like, it completely opens up my mind to what the whole Bible is trying to communicate. It's this really big narrative that points to Jesus and leads towards him. And it's the fulfillment of this bigger story. That's more than just me just reading Matthew. Mm -hmm. Like the better I understand, even like Genesis one, the better I can understand what's happening in Matthew even. And um, the greater the impact that you see happening throughout the whole narrative of the story of scripture which is mm-hmm. to me, it's just like really cool. You start seeing those connecting points and you start, um, you start seeing purposefully what was happening and why it happened in a certain way. And, and it's meant to draw your attention to certain things that happened even before um, Jesus was even born. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's just, it was very exciting. Yeah. I love seeing this. Like, oh man, it's, I love when things connect like that. Right. Like um, this might be like a, I don't know, just like a, a bad comparison, but like readings like Harry Potter or something. You see these like little things happening in the first couple of books. They don't have payout until the very last book. And no spoilers if for anybody yeah. that's worried right now. <laughs> Been out a while. Yeah, but um, man, it's like the way that those books are written were so cool and the way they were setting up, um, foreshadowing certain events that happen. And the payoff is huge because the way the foundation was built in the beginning. So the Bible's very similar. Things that are happening in the very beginning and the payout is huge when you see uh, the connecting points mm-hmm. later on as well. And it all points to this person of jesus no hate email based on that comparison yeah relax everybody that'd be so good <laughs> <laughs> i will forward those directly to doug i, would love I will to not respond, respond <laughs> yeah, I would to love any to respond. of them let's, let's have a conversation okay. oh boy um so, so, so influence yeah um influence on bringing about the your perspective change so um there's been little things here and there so um 
I think for me, there's been a there's been a couple early on. Um, George Murray, who was one of my early mm-hmm. mentors in ministry, um, he used to quote um, Henrietta Mears, mm. who wrote yep. a Bible. It wasn't really a commentary; it was an like overview a guide, kind of thing yeah. of the Bible. And um, it was what the Bible is all about. I think mm-hmm. was what it was called. And she made the point of saying that the Bible was all about Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was back in the, I don't even know, early 1900s. She was uh, quite a significant uh, person um, in that time period. And so he used to quote from her and talk about that in a lot of messages that he did. So that kind of got me thinking about the Bible being all about Jesus Mm -hmm. or all about even the, the missionary endeavor of God coming to rescue man, like old and new Testament. That's kind of the big theme. And I think that's, that's definitely true. Um, That is a big part of, that is kind of the movement of the Bible. And so, um, yeah, that started early on the, the George Murray uh, introduction to missions class, which, talks about like what the that class was so foundational from for so many things in my faith walk but um the purpose of the local church uh which encompasses um again this whole plan of redemption from god which orchestrates itself throughout the entire bible so i think you know i had glimpses of it mm-hmm. back then in in that day and time um but certainly in the last you know three to five years um you know, Bible Project's been hugely influential yeah. on, I think, all of us probably. Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah, just that, that unified story that, that points to Jesus, mm-hmm. the, the that summation is just so really, really good. And the movements that you're talking about, Doug, that I think they do such a good mm-hmm. job of kind of capturing a lot of that. I, yeah. I would say that's yeah. that's probably it for me. Doug, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. The Bible Project guys, for me, have really opened up my mind to how to read the Bible and mm-hmm. how to understand it. And there's just the, the depth that's there. Mm-hmm. So it's been really good at challenging me to study more. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just like, you know, simply just reading through it, like to dig in and study and meditate on what it's yeah. actually saying. So it's really enriched my understanding and appreciation of what the Bible can do. Yep. And the depth, I love the depth of it, but also like very down to earth conversation. Super accessible also. So you don't feel like you're like ignorant yeah. <laughs> following along. Like yep. it, you just feel like, okay, this is something I can grapple with and like dig into more and stuff like that. But it's very, yeah, accessible is a great and Very descriptor. honest too. Um, yeah. They talk about conversations on that podcast that I've heard people just like shy away from, like just because they admit like, wow, this is really scary and difficult. Yeah. So let's just avoid this completely. Right. And they dig into it and they say like, yeah, this is this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. This is what was happening in their culture. And this is kind of what we can draw from it. And it's really humbling to yeah. see somebody actually deal with some of the more difficult passages as opposed to just kind of like brush them off mm-hmm. or just say, ah, culturally, they didn't know what was going on. Right. But now let, let's let's read it and learn from it yep. and see what what we can take away from it ourselves. And even in that, they also like uh, walk through and describe their own journey of like coming to understand something. So they'll be like, yeah, when I first started reading this, this is what I thought about it. And now I've done all of this study and this is where I am today, but it's still not fully making sense. So I just really love that too. Like they're not that, you know, they're not coming down with like, this is all right. We finished the end and we've gained all of the things that we need to 
glean from these passages. Yeah, they're so. still learners. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if I can plug somebody for the Old Testament, um, there's a guy named John Walton. He's an Old Testament scholar uh-huh. that has really helped me to read um, some of the more uh, scientifically difficult parts of okay. Scripture. Um, I, I've always loved science. It's like one of the big things that even as a kid I was always kind of into. And um, there's definitely some places in the Bible that um, somebody who is more into a scientific mindset would find uh-huh. difficult to right. listen to and read and know how to read them. So um, John Walton approaches it just in a way for me. It's been very helpful in understanding the science um, or I, I guess the the ancient understanding from like a um, cosmology standpoint, mm-hmm. from a scientific standpoint. And for me to read things like Genesis 1 and understand Okay, this is what they were thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. But even though we might have a better understanding of scientific um, explanations of how things got here now, it doesn't discredit what's written because from a cultural standpoint, this is what they thought and this is what right. they believed. So, man, it's given me permission on reading Genesis 1 in the new light, which I love that chapter. It's like one of my favorite yeah. chapters in the whole Bible. And um, he's he's given me ways of reading it that's not problematic at yeah. all and helps me to really appreciate what it says. So John Walton is a yeah. great... Um, scholar that is really digging into a lot of that in ways that I don't I don't see a lot of people doing right now. Very cool. Thanks yeah. for sharing that, uh, Jamie. You talked about our tendency to make things all about ourselves all the time. <laughs> Your group photo example was spot on. Yep. Um, and last week our memory verse was Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen, which is all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So my question is, mm-hmm. how can we read the Bible unselfishly while still turning to it as a guide for how we may be complete and equipped for every good work? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think part of it is is this. Um, if you're going at the Bible to fashion a better version of yourself, um, that by definition, is self-centered. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it's not about becoming a better version of me. It's about dying to self and allowing Christ to be alive in me. Good. Which is not self-centered at all. It's I'm using the Bible to show me who Jesus is and who he's calling me to be and who he, who I am in him so that who he has called me to be himself, a representative of, of himself, can flourish and flow through me. Yeah. But it's not about just me getting better. Right. That's a solid response, Jamie yeah. Stewart. <laughs> Thanks. So scholarly. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. No, it's really good. I love that explanation. <clears throat> Dougie, you have anything to add? Yeah, so, man, just... So when I was growing up, the Bible was always told to me that it was it was written to us, and like I'm, I'm gonna say this, but because it was what I know exactly what you're about to say, and yes, say it that America was God's chosen people, Mm. like, and all of this was written to America, which is why that family Bible I had had pictures of presidents (laughs) in it. Yes, how crazy is that? I know that is. It's almost like uh, borderline heresy that you insert some sort of patriotism into God's (laughs) words. I'm not sure, but there might have even uh, been a uh, copy of the Constitution and stuff. Oh, in it. Yeah, yikes. I'm not sure, but I think so. There is a, and, and this might be a rabbit trail, but there is a, a Bible that was just re- released recently that was um, a patriot patriotic Bible or something. It yeah. was okay. released on Fourth of July last summer. Oh uh, yeah, um, 
and that like you get right. like that, that does yeah. feel right you get to like genesis 3 and they bring up they bring up like the second amendment <laughs> you get like oh those few, are the study notes yeah you get like a few chapters in the bible and they start talking about gun rights and you're like wait a second gun rights for and, real yeah it's crazy oh, and it's such an intertwining of like nationalism and god's word that it's really really dangerous which is rampant in our country right now it mm-hmm. is it's a growing trend that's very scary and yes a device of completely alienating yeah. on so many people that are looking for hope. Heretical, mm-hmm. not biblical at all. At all, and the least bit, yeah. Yeah. So so if you find yourself listening to that kind of stuff, red flag. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. run from that. Run from run it. Run from that influence. Um, but growing up, I, I kind of assumed that, that, yep. that the American church was doing it best, that yep. we had all the answers, and that if anybody disagreed with the way we were doing it, they were apostate, they were wrong. So I had like a really strange view of like other denominations and other churches throughout the world and just assumed that we were the best. Yeah. But the Bible wasn't written to us for one or in that way. Yeah. So let me just insert one thing there because there's like faith and, and nationalism have become so intertwined and they're not at all the same thing. Yeah. And so like, I believe in American exceptionalism. I, you know, I think it's a it's a travesty what has happened in many of our universities that don't even teach Western civilization anymore. Because Western civilization has, with all of its shortcomings, has greatly improved the standard of living for most of mm-hmm. the world, and most people don't understand that that has happened, and that's a travesty. However, <laughs> believing in, you know, being a being patriotic towards my nation and equating that to being faithful to my God yeah. are not the same thing at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like I'm, I'm for patriotism. Mm-hmm. I'm not for patriotism mingling with Christianity because it does distort and turn into this thing. Where, yeah, when 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 the Bible is a letter written to our nation, um, you're gonna arrive at all kinds of terrible yeah. conclusions, and you're excluding the, the rest world. of the world. Yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> which is yeah. a little bit problematic when we're told to go into all of the world. Well, yeah, but what people <laughs> would say is, you know, like. The, the exporting of who we are yeah, to the world, right. which is also dangerous. So like, and, yeah. and missionaries have done that all, o- <laughs> all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've exported Americanism and American evangelicalism instead of contextualizing the mm-hmm. message of Jesus for the culture in which it is, because right. the message of Jesus is, is not confined to a particular culture. Mm-mm. So um, and there's a lot of churches that are terribly unhealthy around the world, church movements that are unhealthy mm-hmm. because they're they have no national <coughs> identity where they are located. Right. So they feel like these little American import places mm-hmm. and they're therefore not very effective at reaching the national folks with the message of Jesus because it was not contextualized properly when it was first brought there Mm -hmm. right 
And um, which we just sidebar fight against when we go on mission trips. Right. I mean, we are very intentional with our teams to not bring an Americanized agenda to what's happening. Right. We're going to serve them in their context. Right. Um, to equip and empower the people that are still there living there <laughs> once right. we leave. Yeah. And so. let's take that one step further. We're also not doing that. We're also working hard to do that here oh, correct. in our own community. Yes, absolutely. That, you know, we are an apolitical movement of mm-hmm. Jesus, not a movement of, you know, our, we're not party. all, we're not all to the right and we're not all to the left. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's a secondary, tertiary, whatever, whatever word you want to use. It's way down the list of things that are important. And you can have your political views and you should vote your political views. But yes, this absolutely. is not about politics. Yes. Right. The cool thing is, I think Christianity is definitely one of the more one of the most diverse movements the world has ever seen. Like mm-hmm. when it first started, 100 percent, like everything else was so isolated and nationalized within its own I guess, communities and framework and Christianity shows up and starts accepting everybody from every ethnic group and social standpoint. Yeah. Those are our roots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's amazing how, when you look at how Christianity started and kind of what we've allowed it to turn into in some circles today, where it's, it's very driven by, you know, self or, you know, what I want to do or my own national understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but when you look at the world global church and what it's doing and we can learn from each other and strengthen each other and edify each other, it truly is exciting and humbling yeah. to uh, see God work in every avenue. Yep, for sure. Good stuff. So at Believers, we talk a lot about the foundation of our faith being built around the event of Jesus's resurrection rather than on the Bible. So it should be no surprise that you've been intentional to talk about that the first couple of weeks of yeah. this series, Jamie. Um, in what ways is our belief in the Bible's claims affected by our understanding of why it was written? In what ways is our belief in the Bible, Bible's claims, affected by our understanding of why it was written? Um, so I guess it, I, if, I, if I'm going to get at the heart of what you're saying, uh, of what, behind the question, I think, it's... Um, so if if the Bible is written to point us to Jesus, then the things that we're going to read in the Bible are not necessarily there are principles that we can draw from stories in the Bible to apply to ourselves. But those stories themselves are not about us. Yeah. Is that kind of where yeah. you're going mm-hmm. with that? So um, I, I'm in the middle of an email exchange with a friend of mine. Um, from way, way back. In fact, um, he was the first Christian I met in high school. Mm-hmm. And I, when my brother and I came to faith, I literally thought we were the only two Christians in the entire school. Yeah. And I had no knowledge of anyone else who was a person of faith. I went to a Christian concert and this kid was working the record table and I recognized him from school. <laughs> I didn't know him, but I recognized him. And so I introduced myself and we became fast friends. Yes. And um, he's in the midst of uh, just kind of reexamining everything mode mm-hmm. at the moment. And I got an email from him overnight. I read it this morning. And um, one of the things that he talked about is um, 
that he's kind of struggling with is he's heard he's heard all of these teachings like things like you know the story of David and Goliath you know you're David and all of the things that you are struggling against are Goliath mm. and um you know so face your giants and, yeah and overcome them you know and yeah you don't even need much you just need little five stones of faith you know yep just a little mustard seed of faith is enough to conquer the biggest giant in your life. Or um, the story of the disciples uh, and they're in the boat and they're afraid and mm-hmm. Jesus comes out to them in the water and says, you know, Peter says, if that's really you, bid me to come to you. And Jesus says, come on out, come Peter. On. Yeah. yeah, walk on water. You can walk on water. And we... Jesus is telling us we can walk on water. We can walk on water. He's calling us to, you know, and when the circumstances are overwhelming, we take our eyes off of Jesus and we begin to sink in the yeah. in the trouble of our circumstances. I mean, those are great stories. Yeah. But that's not what they're And they're inspiring. Yes. Yeah. But that's not what they're saying. No. And there are principles that we can derive and you know, there are principles that you can draw that Absolutely. that are personal and yep. relatable and applicable and encouraging and encouraging. Yep. But that is not what those stories are about. And so if you're going to the Bible looking for you, that's the kind of stories that you come away with. Mm. And again, you like, you know, we, we talked about this last week, I think, but you know, it's like, it's one thing to teach our, our little kids these things, mm-hmm. but then as they grow, you have to, you have to start growing their understanding of these stories so that they see more than just like many for many of us. That's that's as far as we've ever gone in any mm-hmm. of those stories. Right. But there's way more going on in those stories than that. And so, you know, our understanding of the Bible needs to grow with our knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, with our age. And so, um, yeah, those are just, um, you know, if the depending on how we're understanding why the Bible was written, that will deeply affect how we're going to understand those stories. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that like, um, even that idea as you're talking through those examples, I mean, that's how you can come to the, uh, prosperity gospel real quickly, Mm -hmm. very quickly. If that's the approach that you're taking to these stories, like if you have faith to do these things, you know, then that's how, God's going to provide and you're going to be able to walk on water and have the funds for whatever you need. And so this guy yeah, in the email, he said, this was a new one. I'd never heard this one before. It was the prophets of um, Baal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that Elijah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in the middle of a drought. And, yeah. <laughs> and so the, the prophets of Baal bring all this water and douse the, you know, the idol. Yep the what they're going to light on fire all this stuff you know so they're pouring it on elijah's you know um altar and there's all this water everywhere and this this particular preacher used that as an example in a drought they dug deep and brought water the sacrifice of water and that was an example of 
you know, even if you don't have much, dig deep and give because God's going to really show up in that. He said, but weren't they prophets of Baal? Like <laughs> the whole story yeah. breaks down. But yeah. that's the kind of yeah. stuff people are doing right. with the Bible. And they're coming up with all kinds of distorted teachings yeah. that are leading to people like my friend saying, wait a second. Confusion. Yeah. What what is even up? with the Bible when all of this kind of stuff is going on. I've never heard somebody teach from that standpoint. Right? <laughs> like, let's be like the that was of Baal. That was yeah, new to me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard that. So scary. Yep. So scary. So while we weren't gathered in person yesterday, we were still able to participate in communion together. In what ways does communion illustrate that the Bible is the unified story that leads to Jesus? I mean, it's like, it's almost the apex of the example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when I was preparing the message, I did not have in mind that it was going to be Communion Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was trying to, like, I was either going to have way too much to say or just not enough to say in this message. Because I could go on and on with examples of how Old Testament stories point to Jesus. Um, I mean, it just happens over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. And at first, that's kind of what I thought I was going to do. I was just going to tell endless stories of the Old Testament, how they point to that Jesus. Would be good. That would be It would be good, actually. Be, I love it. It would be a great series. Yeah. I'm not sure it would be a great message. <laughs> so um, as, I'm, as I'm kind of putting it together, the thought just kind of occurs to me that, I mean, when Jesus um, asserts that Passover is all about him, mm-hmm. it is the the example right out of the mouth of Jesus right where you know this story that was you know such a rich story of God's intervention in the story of Israel and had been a the centerpiece of their celebration of God's faithfulness for 1500 years and then Jesus says yeah that that whole thing was about me and then he takes the elements of Passover celebration and says, yeah, the bread, it's not the, it's, it's me, the, Mm -hmm. the, the wine, it's not the blood that was smeared on the doorpost. No, it's, it's my blood that's shed for you. And he hadn't even, his body had not yet been broken. His blood had not yet been shed. And he prophetically says, this is the story of me. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and fulfills it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so powerful to me. And um, and it's an example of what we were trying to say yesterday. And if you can use Jesus, if you can find words of Jesus that <laughs> that um, that, you know, underpin the uh, an entire message, that's the kind of message you want to have. Right. Mm-hmm. One that one that Jesus himself says, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus said. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it's amazing too. So like that story and how many times Jesus is compared to like Moses or compared to Joshua mm-hmm. or seen as like the the second Adam or the yep. last Adam, like yep. the mm-hmm. perfect human who was able to accomplish what Adam couldn't do and Moses couldn't do and Joshua ultimately, you know, wasn't able to do and, and all of that. Like it's all pointing to Jesus, this perfect human who came down and was able to fulfill God's story. Yep. And when you see it as that bigger story, and it's so weird because like even hearing you talk just now, Jamie, like Passover to us is something that we, we know about, we observe, but there's there's a disconnect there because it's not really a part of our culture. Like for them, it would have been so much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. They would have heard that and it would have it would have radically shook their world. Yeah, mm-hmm. It would have changed everything about their understanding of Jesus and, you know, his part in God's narrative. Um, 
when we when we see the significance of that through a different culture, mm-hmm. it kind of deepens our understanding too. So yeah, that's a great way of going to the Bible and saying like, if I can understand this culture better, it's going to help me understand who Jesus actually is better too. Yep. Yeah. Because for me, it's, it doesn't have the same connection and the same impact that it would um, somebody like a first century Jewish man yeah. hearing that for the first time. For sure. Like, whoa, this is this is heresy. What am I going to do with right. this? Mm-hmm. Be like, right. no, this yep. is this is what God's doing, fulfilling all the whole narrative right now through Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for today. If you have topics you'd like us to discuss or questions about faith, the Bible, culture, anything really, you can email us at madeformondaysatbelieverschurch.org. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share on your social media feeds and leave us a positive rating and review. Friends, B groups are starting soon, and they are a great place to grow in your faith. We also have a great class coming up called Starting Point. Jamie, can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah, Starting Point is the perfect place to start for the person who is new to faith, struggling with faith, has questions about faith, and Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out, you know, where do I start to try to find answers to these questions that I have? This is the place, and all questions are safe to ask, and it's just a a really great class led by really great folks. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, who create this great environment for you to explore your faith. Yeah, that's great. So you can get more info info and sign up for B Groups and Starting Point on Believer's app or website. If you're in the Hampton Roads area, please make plans to join with us on Sunday. Services are at 9 and 1045 on campus. If you are unable to make this week, we hope you'll watch On Demand anytime after 1 o'clock on Sunday. You'll find services on Believer's app, website, or YouTube channel. Remember, do not do church alone. Invite someone to join you. Thanks for being here, friends. Let's do all we can to be loved this week.